you do your roux in a microwave. This gut is beautiful and it's full of gumbo. Nick Saban puts tomatoes in his gumbo. Welcome to the Gumbo Show. Gumbo is a way of life. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Gumbo Show, the show where three men once saw a star in the East and followed it to a perfect bowl of gumbo. We're tonight going to have a very special guest joining us again. Uh, Brent, can you tell us who our guest is? Uh, sure will. So uh, it's Chef Amy Sins, and the way we found you um, is the great folks at the um, Greater Iberia Chamber of Commerce. I don't know if you knew that, but they said we had to have you on the show because they dubbed you the Wizard of Rue because you put on a live or an online cooking demonstration for them. And uh, so tell us, have because they put on it and the, the Greater New Iberia Chamber puts on the World Championship Gumbo Cook-Off, Championship Gumbo Cook-Off. Have you attended that? Because this is our Mecca. We will be there in October. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I have not been able to attend it because uh, this year with COVID, it had to go virtual. So we did the program that we did. But uh, goodness, the stories I heard from the competitors in the process for this year, I can't wait to go next are you, year. Because are you going? I've been, oh, my God. And I'm totally going to mess with them because okay. everybody's gumbo is the best. <laughs> yes. So we'll be there. I think we're going to have a tent and a table and a banner. We're excited. Uh, I've already got my hotel, uh, so I'm pretty excited about it. So, so tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we can talk about your business in New Orleans and all the things, but for our sure. listeners. Yeah. So, well, I am now officially the Wizard of Rue. Thank right. you uh, to the uh, gumbo cook-off. I, I said I wanted a wand since I wasn't like the queen or high priestess where I could maybe have a crown or a headdress. So, I uh, I'm hoping that my wand is in the mail and it's the magic wand that does my dishes after I make a gumbo. <laughs> I want a wand that makes the roux because I saw you make roux today on, on the YouTubes and it was 45 minutes, which is about what I do. Yeah, but, uh, and you can totally speed that up. But um, I'm here in New Orleans. I'm a chef. I have a business called Langlois. We were at one time a full service restaurant and then I realized that I didn't want to work that hard anymore. Because I did uh, marry my husband because I like him and I never saw him. <laughs> so now I do mostly corporate events and private groups. And we we cook, we talk, we tell stories. I teach and um, show people all about the food and the cuisine of South Louisiana. And you're in New Orleans. So I know Famous Famous has a couple uh, questions. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm obviously in Mandeville. I, I work in New Orleans, so I'm down there all the time. But first of all, just tell us a little bit about your gumbo, like how you make it. Take us through it, you know, yeah. not as long as it would take to make it, but just tell us about what kind of gumbo you like and what how you do it. So I'm a, actually, my heart is in a chicken and sausage gumbo. Great. That's my gumbo. Uh, I grew up in Ascension Parish, so we like to say that we were more prairie Cajun than Bayou Cajun, right? We lived mm. off the land, you know, rabbit and uh, whatever else came home for dinner, and that went in the gumbo pot. So I'm definitely more of a Cajun girl from that standpoint. And, uh, you know, pretty much I'll eat anything in my gumbo that won't eat me first. So I'm not uh, opposed to that. But, um, I 
you know, start with my roux. Our recipe is kind of my family recipe. My dad was the gumbo maker in the family. He was an avid hunter. So um, it was, you know, whatever he got from the hunting camp uh, that went in the pot. So sometimes it was duck, sometimes it was rabbit. Uh, sometimes it was chicken and sausage. It really just depended. And uh, I, you know, I learned real early how to stir that roux. And I tell people now, I'm like, this is the best time out ever if you have children, because they, w I mean, it's easy for me to say that because I have no kids, so I can totally tell you how to raise yours. But um, <laughs> please, please tell me how to raise. <laughs> we all need help, especially yeah. Dave. He's got the little yeah. ones running around. But, you know, it's like if you have to sit and stir a roux, you learn a little bit of self-control and self-calming. Because if you're cranky and angry and you're stirring that roux and you're splashing it around, you're going to totally regret it later. So I feel like it's a great way for kids or grown-ups to have that like moment, that spiritual moment with the pot. And it's actually what I do during Saints games because it lowers my blood pressure. So I sit there, I watch Smart. the game, I scream Smart. at the refs, and I stir, right. and I stir, and I breathe, and then that gumbo starts to come together. <laughs> Therapy. Well, I don't know how you do that during the during Saints game. So this is an interesting question, and, and you brought it up. And by the way, my 12-year-old is my roux chef. That's what we call him. We're like, you're the roux chef. He does the roux. And it, it honestly is the greatest way to make gumbo ever because – that's my least favorite part of making the gumbo and he does it and he takes pride and it's great. But I want to ask you, cause you said, you know, you're more Prairie Cajun than Bayou Cajun and now you're based in New Orleans. So there's the, you know, there's the great sort of debate between Creole and Cajun gumbo. And so kind of where do you fall on that? And what do you see as the major differences? Okay. So first of all, you will never ever in your life win a gumbo argument with anyone so i'm going to preface whatever i say by you do what your mama taught you and i will never argue with anyone's mama but what my mama taught me and what my daddy taught me was first of all you don't have all three thickening agents in one gumbo so i'm not gonna put roux filet and okra in one gumbo. I'm gonna put my okra and my seafood gumbo, my filet and my chicken and andouille gumbo, and roux can go in both um, perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. um, I don't support tomatoes in your gumbo. <laughs> We're I'm on board with that. I'm from Gonzales, like our jambalaya is brown and I would come to my grandma's house in New Orleans and I'm like, why is the rice red? This is so confusing. <laughs> this is not jambalaya. So, um, but where I grew up, we didn't have that Italian influence. So it's just not what I'm used to, to have that tomato in your gumbo. But I do understand why people do it. And a lot of times I think it's to help darken the color of the gumbo. Because if you are cooking tomato paste down in a gumbo, it caramelizes and it gets a little bit darker. And that kind of like boosts your color a little bit. Um, I broke down a local restaurant. A chef gave me his recipe. And when I, I like broke down his 200 serving of gumbo down to 12 servings, it was like a tablespoon of tomato. And I was like, really? 
really, you, you needed the tablespoon of tomato. But I realized in bulk, if he's caramelizing it, it's probably adding to the color more than the flavor. Um, and, you know, I would say here in New Orleans, anywhere in South Louisiana, their gumbo is the best gumbo. So just just go with that. <laughs> just go with it. Because <laughs> I also think the roux should match the protein and not overpower the protein. But some people think that all roux and all gumbo should be dark, 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 almost burnt brown. And I don't see that as a as like the perfect option if you're using beautiful shrimp that are sweet and delicious because i find that 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 toasty ultra toasty roux is going to overpower it so so let me let me just follow that up since maybe a lot of our listeners are in and around south louisiana new orleans like if you've got to go out and get a bowl of gumbo at a restaurant in new orleans or anywhere really where are you going to go for a good gumbo which gumbos do you love Okay, so first of all, I will always like all gumbo that I didn't have to make and all food someone else cooks for me is delicious. And I am highly appreciative because um, literally tonight for dinner, I got off of work and I had uh, macaroni and cheese for dinner. And my husband had the sausage left over from the crawfish boil this weekend. Like, there was no meal tonight, right? So <laughs> any gumbo that someone gives me, I am happy, happy to take it. Um, if I have a choice when I sit down at a restaurant between seafood or chicken and sausage, I always go with the chicken and sausage. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm willing to try just about any gumbo I can. Um, and there's, oh God, there's so many, you know, somebody's mama makes the best gumbo, not some restaurant. Uh, in my opinion, yep. your best gumbo is going to come in a Tupperware that somebody leaves on your front porch and is like, I dropped off gumbo, you know, yeah. um, that's the best gumbo. Uh, there's a place here in Metairie that I like because Chef Ron has a whole bunch of different kinds of gumbo. It's called Chef Ron's uh, Gumbo Stop. Uh-huh. And um, he's a super sweet guy, too. But um, his gumbo is the gumbo if I have if I have to order food for someone, like we were doing some construction on our house and I wanted to give the guys lunch, but I didn't have time to make gumbo and there wasn't enough in the freezer to defrost. I ordered from Chef Ron and they, what's so cute is they put it in a Metairie cab and they deliver it to your house because he doesn't have a delivery driver. So he calls a taxi for your gumbo and it showed up and we served that to all the people who are working at the house. I'm going to say just as an aside, I think this is the podcast where Metairie has gotten the most shout outs ever in the history of podcasting. (laughs) Nobody talks about Metairie like we talk about Metairie. I'm metric, oh. bro. That's the way we roll. I just metric. moved the metric from the quarter, so it's like a whole ah. new world. <laughs> ah. Jefferson so, Parish resident, eh? Yep. So so I've got a question. You're you're being uh like really, really polite. So I want to take you outside of Louisiana where it's like safe to make fun of gumbo a little bit more. Cause you've you've traveled around a lot. You know, Barksdale and I, you know, we don't live inside Louisiana anymore. In your travels, like what's the most ridiculous thing that you've seen in a gumbo where you're just like, no, stop what you're doing, like don't do this. Yeah, no. Um, oh my God, like corn. 
please don't put corn in your gumbo. Like we, we corn put that is on, filler. We put that on Instagram. Oh my God. We give corn to the cows. It's not Thank free you. gumbo, right? It fattens the cow that's going in your sauce be calling later or something, <laughs> but it's not going in my gumbo. Um, and you know, I will say though, some people disagree. I'm not opposed to greens. But if I'm going to put greens in my gumbo, I want collard greens. I don't want kale. Like I have served gumbo to people where, uh, you know, they're trying to be low carb. They don't want rice. And I will chop, coarse chop some collard greens and just wilt them in the gumbo. And it's actually really delicious and it gives them the chew they need. But when you start getting too far out of what, is like common uh, you know i'm a i'm a purist honestly like i want my roux i want good stock i want local protein i want my holy trinity lots of garlic and you know go from there um i'm trying to think i try not to go to louisiana restaurants in other places okay so if they say they're a louisiana restaurant they have louisiana food all i know is it's gonna do is just like create turmoil in my life <laughs> so i'm not going there and yeah, i'm always just tempted oh no oh my god i don't want to eat and be angry and irritable and want to correct them <laughs> i just figured there's somebody who used to live in louisiana now i do have a question because right. you're a chef and i've seen people try you mentioned the collard greens or their kale in austin there's a restaurant that's uh cajun they they make a really good um you know chicken and sausage seafood but they try to make a vegetarian gumbo and just in my opinion didn't hit the mark and it's so difficult and one of our previous guests jonathan perry he's going to try to make a that's his goal to make a vegetarian gumbo have you ever seen a successful one um i'm gonna leave that to the vegetarians as a, a pretty firm carnivore i'm right. not going to try to move into their their market and perfect something that they know more about than me but um you know Gumbo deserves is something that, you know, especially uh, during Easter on Holy Thursday is something and Good Friday people are eating. Um, I think gumbo comes down to if we look at the tradition of it, a lot of it comes down to what was available to you at the time and trying not to prevent the waste of food that would go waste, be wasted. Um, but I also think that people are a little too comfortable using the word gumbo and they should be calling it gumbo inspired or soup. Yeah. Or soup. <laughs> or stew. Yes. But yeah. like uh, locally, a chef who's a dear friend of mine makes a gumbo that has like, that has Vietnamese spices and black bean paste. And it, it's, it's a delicious soup. I have a hard time in my my soul calling it gumbo. It's a delicious soup, but it maybe was inspired by the gumbos of his childhood. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. Is that Today. a pop? Yeah. <laughs> it's really yeah. good. It's just well, not gumbo. <laughs> the, re the reason I'm asking and, is Oh, my God. If he listens, he's going to be all over me. For <laughs> we'll cut it. Like, we'll cut it out. <laughs> Please. He has the best chicken wings in the whole city, though. So there you I'm go. <laughs> well, that's I mean, it's just interesting because like we mentioned, I think before we came on, we had Brett Anderson on last week and he wrote that big article in the uh, in the New York Times a couple of years ago, 
it was basically gumbo is dead, long live gumbo. And we spent a lot of time talking about that. And so I wanted to ask you about this sort of different, I mean, you kind of already answered it, but the different ways people are doing gumbo, there's curry gumbos now. Not gumbo. And there's, there's, uh, there's the gumbo you mentioned. And then there's another one at, it's, it's at, uh, I think it's at a Donald Link restaurant. That's, uh, it's got like black eyed peas in it and, and stuff like this. So there, there's a lot of experimentation, it seems going on in New Orleans with gumbo. I, you know, and I think there's a lot of experimentation happening in the food world in general. People are, you know, there's bechamel is the same no matter how you make it. You know, uh, all your mother sauces are the same. There, you have your base sauce. So if you want to put a spin on something, then you're adding, oh, smoked paprika to it, or you're adding whatever. So I think people are doing that with gumbo, and I think the the term gumbo and New Orleans and Louisiana and Cajun and Creole, they're all kind of in vogue. So people use them, but if if they don't understand the history and the culture and the people behind it. Um, but I also think that we're kind of at this weird turning point in, in food in Louisiana, particularly in New Orleans. and. It has been very, very hard for me to like accept, <laughs> if you will, because I am a purist. You know, what I do for a living is I teach the history and the culture of our food and our foodways. And I have to remind myself that, yeah, okay, we had our Acadians, we had our our French, we had our Spanish gumbo or whatever they were cooking then is way different than it is now right right and when the sicilians came in in the 1850s and they're like let's put a tomato in everything i'm sure everyone was like you have lost your collective mind this is not how we do things but it is now right. so who am i to say that you know 20 years from now, 30 years from now, we're not going to be serving pupusas with gumbo or, you know, I don't know because we're in a world where our cuisine is constantly changing and I'm, I'm learning to accept some of that change and I'm okay with the experimentation. I just don't want us to forget all the different steps before we got there. And I, I don't want our you know, our ancestors and our history and that food to be forgotten because something else is more interesting or exciting. Well, I mean, you're definitely among friends here. We're three traditional, you know, like what we think of as sort of traditional Cajun chicken and sausage, dark roux, you know, Trinity, you know, not a lot of ingredients. I mean, just just some spices and, and get it going. So, yeah, Dave. Well, and I was gonna say uh, they're saying that we're traditionalists. I'm gonna go ahead and throw this out as you know, since you're the uh, the wizard of Rue, you, you should know that. Uh, <laughs> so my so I'm all about shortcuts when I make my gumbo, like especially like with two kids around the house. Like I try to cut a corner where I can. So with my Rue, I actually do mine in the microwave. I was about to ask. I was like, look, it's if you have the right outcome, it's okay. I, I grew okay. up in the seventies. My mama embraced radiated food and the microwave. <laughs> she made her ruin the right microwave, and I made fun of her 
until after she passed and then someone was like try it and i was like okay i can't admit that this actually worked like out loud because my mom is up there in heaven going, Haha, I told you so, but yeah. So, so what you're saying is the wizard of Rue is descended from one who microwaves their Rue. <laughs> yes, she did. And my dad would say, stop feeding those kids radiated food. Nice. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. And I mean, so you, you are the wizard of Rue. Have you experimented with the dry room or the oven? Just straight oven room. Yeah. Before the gumbo cook-off event, I said, and that was when I actually really tried the the microwave room. Cause I was like, I need to know all the ways that people are doing it. So I I I do dry roux all the time. I do oven roux all the time, mainly because I'm multitasking and it's something that I can do in a giant rondo and put it and do, you know. 10, 12 cups at one time and put it away for later. But um, I also tried the pressure cooker method, which was kind of fun because I I brought some like food scientists and other chef nerds in on my Facebook project with that to go over what we were doing right and wrong. But you really can't get it more than about peanut butter color hmm. in the mm. um, pressure cooker. I've and then I've never like, heard of that. Yeah. It, I don't, it, it's a, I don't know. I just soon stir it it's or a gimmick. It's a gimmick, you know, it's kind of like tonight I sous vide. I don't know if that's I was about it. to say, we need to sous vide a root. Yeah. Well, I tried, it's not going to get hot enough. You're not going to get hot <laughs> enough, but we did in the, the, you know, in, in our attempt to find all the different ways. But I mean, I put some eggs in to sous vide so my husband would have a soft boiled egg tomorrow for breakfast. And I'm like, it's gotta cook for two hours. I could, you know, freaking poach an egg for him in three minutes tomorrow. And that was how I felt about the pressure cooked roux. Mm. Was like, yeah, you put it in and you leave it. But there was something in my brain that was going, you have a jar with a lid inside a pressurized vessel. What could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> and so that was complicated. Um, and, and get, uh, but it just, I don't know. It was just kind of like, eh, it's okay. Honestly, the microwave roux was much more impressive because I can get every single color. So so let me let me ask this one quick question here uh since you are the wizard of rue rue in a jar yay or nay you know not everybody i'm also learning that not everybody has time to cook and do things um i you know these people don't i'm not like they don't sponsor me or anything, but maybe they should after they listen to this. But I do like the Carrie's brand roux in their jar. Um, I think it's a good brand. It has um, barley flour in it. And I find that barley flour, flour actually gives like a really deep nutty flavor that is nice and in a pinch. Um, you know, you can sprinkle it in, but I'm more a fan of saying, if you don't have time to cook roux, find a day that you can cook it, make a big batch, put it in the fridge, put it in the counter, and then you have your roux for, you know, the whole month if you need it and just do a whole bag of flour. 
Okay, one one last Rue-related question, because obviously you're the wizard and this is an important topic. Um, I was looking at a recipe that I think of y'all's that we found online. Yeah, your wand. You need yep, your wand. wand. Uh, yeah. Maybe we should make a branded gumbo show wand. Yeah, I would I'll, totally rock it. I was going to make um, a, a rooster branded. And we do need one, Amy. So if you know anybody, we want a branded one. We have our logo. We want to put it on one. Let so, us know. So I was I found a recipe online, not on y'all's website, but it said it was the Langlois gumbo recipe. Um, I don't, I can't remember the name of the website, but I was looking around doing some research and in that recipe, you recommended basically vegetable oil, uh, mm -hmm. as the oil. And so I wanted to ask you about alternative oils. Like, like Dave has experimented a lot with peanut oil. Mm -hmm. Um, we've tried bacon fat, you know, duck yeah. fat has been mentioned though. I haven't, totally. haven't used it. So those you're, you're on board with those being used. Yes, all fat is good, um, with the exception <laughs> of- I'm your I, man. <laughs> I am not a fan of coconut oil because I do find, even if you get the one that's like flavorless, it still has that sunscreen flavor, in my opinion, that starts to come through in your food. Yummy. Um, yeah, it's not my favorite. This um, is my beach gumbo. Yes, <laughs> it's just my like beach. Summer gumbo. Um, but yes, I'm a huge fan. We have jars of like I probably why my husband has to see a cardiologist is because we have like a bowl of bacon grease that just sits on the kitchen counter and use that. I also, um, I don't know if y'all have ever done this. Do you save your fat? You skim off your gumbo? No, I've never saved it. Should I? Oh my God, you're wasting all that flavor. That's, That's like the idea. best part. I do the same thing when I make hogshead cheese, you know, all that fat that you're skimming. It's already been seasoned with onion and garlic, right. and bell pepper and cayenne and meat and whatever. So I skim it, I put it in a container and then I'll strain it and go get yourself some potatoes, then slice them and you fry those babies up in that gumbo fat. Wow. You will you will thank me for that. It is We're changing lives here people. It, uh, this, no, this it will good. change your life. <laughs> it will change That's, your life. It's so delicious and um it's amazing. You know, anytime I'm roasting veg like if I'm going to throw some veggies on the grill, I'll just take a spoonful of that and just drizzle it over the veggies and then you don't even have to season anything. Need to package that Man. and sell it at Langua. No kidding. No kidding. I did an event oh, no. at the food bank. We were uh, cooking for disaster relief, and they have these kettles that make fifteen hundred servings of gumbo. And you know, the chef that's cooking is skimming the fat off the top, and there were probably like four gallons. And I was like, "You can't throw it away." <laughs> you're like, Baby, "You're ridiculous." I want to like, drink it. I was like, "It's." so much flavor <laughs> that's awesome okay that, i'm excited that, uh yeah no that is awesome and uh i think we'll go ahead and wrap it up there on that note folks save the fat from the top of your gumbo and use it later for anything you need especially your vegetables yes <laughs> chef uh amy since thank you so much langwa check her out online you guys are on uh you have Instagram, I think. All yeah. the things, YouTube, all the, all the Facebook. social media. Check them out. Uh, check her out. They're 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 doing great things there. She's the wizard of Rue. She can show you how to get that thing the right color, get it right, 
to make the perfect gumbo. Thanks so much for being with us tonight. Well, we really appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in October in New Iberia. Absolutely.